You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. This is my first time to preach after I graduated from the School of Church Leadership. And I'm excited. In short, and I'm hot off the press. You know, when, when you come out of something and then you're just excited to share what you want to share. And um, among you, you've been attending for the past few weeks in our series called Truth Be Told. Have you been attending? Yeah. For those who haven't, ano nangyari? <laughs> but really, do you appreciate the series? Yeah. yeah. The series is about, we've been talking about parables. We've been talking about stories. Stories around us. You, you realize that. Stories around us. We love stories. You know, we actually pay for stories. We watch movies, right? We, we actually spend time learning about stories. Um, we are living, walking, talking stories, right? The person right next to you. A lot of stories, diba? Maraming kwento. At minsan walang... <laughs> but then, we are moving, living stories, right? We're storytellers with our lives. And that's why we, we study these stories because there's something to be learned from them. Let me introduce myself a little bit further. This is my family, along with my fiancé, my wonderful fiancé, wife-to-be. Okay, that, that's my wonderful family. Blessed with them, love my parents, and then my now extended um, family. And yes, recently, I graduated from the School of Church Leadership. Amazing, amazing experience. Learned a lot. And as I go back, I was saying that... Um, we're talking about this story, these stories, um, these parables, truth be told. Now, now, the word parable actually means what? Do you remember? What is a parable? It's a story. Okay, um, just imagine a, a, you know what a parabola is? You know, parabola is what? <laughs> it's a, it's a math term. No, not that. Wag na lang yan, ba? For example, um, a paralegal is a, person who's like a legal, like a lawyer, right? A paramedic is a person who's like a doctor. Now, parables are stories that likens divine truths, okay, with earthly stories. You get that? Okay, so there's this earthly story that tells us something about a divine truth, a very important truth. And for the past few weeks, we've had the, there's around 47 parables in the in the New Testament. Okay, and we've we're just studying eight, and we're on the last part, you know, of this series. And I appreciate because next week we're going to talk about, of course, what you're waiting for, Christmas, right? Because we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and I'm excited for Christmas. Are you? Yeah. One of the many things that excites me are these things. Of course, I, I'm excited for Jesus, you know. I'm excited to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but I'm also excited for gifts. Among you, are excited for gifts? Yeah. Not really, yung iba? Okay lang, sige. Bahala kayo. <laughs> but, but, we're excited for gifts. And um, if you've, uh, you know, been celebrating Christmas long enough, you've received gifts that, you know, you may or may not like, Right? Some of the gifts you're really excited when you open it. Whoa, grab it. Thank you for giving me house and lot. <laughs> but some of our, the gifts that we receive, ganda ng balot, and they have ribbon, and you know, the, the tag is so nice. When you open, you have the face towel. Thank you, Lord. Of course, we're still grateful, right? 
may borda. Your name is there, right? So it's personalized. But there are those gifts that sometimes you don't know why it was given to you, right? What's this for? You know? Because um, nobody gives a gift like this, okay? Nobody plans, okay, oh, I heard you, you like gardening. Oh, I, I, I'm giving you a silver spoon, you know what? You know? You can use this in, in your gardening, okay? Plant kamote with this, okay? But nobody does that, right? Why? Because it's a waste. It's a silver spoon. You're not supposed to use it for gardening. Oh, I heard you need a flashlight. I'm giving you an iPhone. <laughs> what a waste. You just need a flashlight, you know? We laugh at these examples, but um, there's a truth to this because... Um, we, we laugh at this because we do not, when we do not use things according to its purpose, we waste it, right? When we do not use things according to its purpose, a silver spoon's not for gardening. An iPhone, yes, you can use the flashlight, but yeah, I wouldn't pay 40000 for a flashlight. So today we're going to talk about that. Because when we use things not according to its purpose, we waste it. And we don't want to waste things or our life. So we want to figure out what's the purpose of our possessions, the things that we have. And Jesus, the master storyteller, a guy from Jerusalem, has this wonderful story about our possessions. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So I invite everyone to stand up and get your Bibles. We're going to read from the book of Luke. Now, Luke is a doctor. Okay, and he wrote an orderly account of these things, of, of what the story of Jesus is. So we're going to read from chapter 16, okay, of the book of Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 to 9. Are we ready? Yes. Let us read the word. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was waiting, wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. Verse 3, And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. Verse 5, so summoning the master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to the other, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Verse 9, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you to the eternal dwellings. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, your word is our light. Lord, I pray that it would just shine in our lives. And in the darkest corners of it, teach us, Lord God, to just live the life that you want us to live. For the purpose of your glory alone, we pray. Amen. Kind of long story. but Did you get this story while reading it? Yes. Kind of a little bit. Again, um, this is a parable told by Jesus 
to a group of people. And first of all, understand, remember that parable about the Good Samaritan? Remember that? Okay, that goes before this. Okay? Um, before this parable, Jesus was telling three parables about lost things. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, and now he turns here. So he's talking to this group of people called the Pharisees, and some of them are sinners, some of them are tax collectors, and some of them, his disciples. What are Pharisees? Pharisees are people who just love studying the Bible, but they don't live it out. Reminds of someone? No, don't. Don't do that. Okay, but... But they're those people. They're those people who follow Jesus. Those are the disciples. Okay? And they're those people who are just plain sinners listening to this great teacher. That's how, you know, amazing this guy is. He draws people in. So while they were listening to the story of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and, and then the lost son, he turns to his disciples and tells this story. And um, I started with asking um, and, and saying that when we do not use something for its purpose, we waste it. And, and hopefully by reading the scripture, God would give us insight as to how fully understand this. Now, when we look at parables, these are again earthly stories with divine lessons. And whenever we look at parables, maybe I could remind everyone that these teach us one point and applies to different things in our lives. These are images that we need to learn. You know, um, I, I'm just so amazed with Jesus. Can you just imagine Jesus telling you a story? You know, can you just imagine that? That would be amazing, right? There's this guy who's so popular, so amazing storyteller, and he starts telling a story. Everybody, I think, okay, would listen. I think nobody would get sleep. You know, na ako Jesus. No. I think everybody would pay attention. Because every time he tells a story, his stories, you know, click something in the heart. It always, you know, touches the hearts of people. Whether some good way, some a little bit offensive to them. So we're going to talk about um, the truth be told in the story of the unjust manager or the shrewd manager. Now, the story goes to say, it's like this. So he said to the disciples, he turns to them, and then he tells them, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him, and this man was wasting his possession. So, uh, very simply, there's this this owner, and during that time, managers are fairly normal. In our present time, when we look at managers, there's simply guys who manage the business, and the owner's still there. During that time, owners usually just go away and travel. And managers take care of everything. Okay, so they're, they're fairly trusted. They, they just take, you know, um, decisions on their own. So this master heard that his servant was not taking care of it properly. He was wasting, okay, his possessions. And then he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? So he said, hey, I heard bad things about you you're now fired. If you've been fired from a job, you know this is a tough thing, right? You know, you, you just suddenly your boss heard a bad report about you and then he just fires you away. Now, the story does not tell us if the charge was right. The story does not tell us if, if he was guilty. But this is what he said. Of course, the manager turned to himself and said, what shall I do? I would, not, I would now lose my job. What shall I do? What did he say? 
I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. In short, all I know is to be a manager. That's all I know. I don't know how to plant. I don't want to beg. That's going to be, you know, nakakaya naman. But then, I have decided what to do. So that when I am removed from management, people may receive me to their houses. So he, he developed this scheme. Okay, I know now, I figured out, this is what I'm going to do. So he called the people that owes his master debts. Okay? So he called them and said to them, how much do you owe my master? So he turns to them one by one. So the first one owes him how much? 100 measures of what? Oil. Now, um, maybe to, to give insight, a little bit of insight. Now, oil during this time, they're talking about olive oil, most probably. Okay, hindi to minola, you know, <laughs> that you can buy. And, and this is a lot of oil, okay? A hundred measures of oil are gallons and gallons of oil. So this man owes a lot of things. from them. And what did he say to this man? Here's your tab, and then what, what, what do you do? Cut 50% off. Ah, 50% off of, of the of the 20 years, okay, or 20 months worth of work that I owe your master, I'm only going to pay only half of it. So the next one owes how much? 100 measures of wheat. So he took off 20%. How many you like sales? About sale, pag sale, you know, money is always there when there's sale. <laughs> but then, this guy gave out debt reduction. He removed the... He, he didn't entirely remove it, but then he reduced it. Why? So that, you know, you know, you write 50% off, and you know what? I'm going to lose my job later. <laughs> but you remember me. <laughs> so that was the thing. Okay. So he was trying to place himself into a position where, you know, I'm going to lose my job. But then I have you and my friends who I save 50% off and 20% off. So the oil and the wheat during that time cost them a lot, you know, um, around 500 denarii. That means around 40 months of work and he reduced it. And now, the, the listeners of Jesus are waiting for what the master will do, right? What will the master do at this point? What will the master say? And to their amazement and shock, what did the master say? He commended. Now, pause for a moment and think about this. If you are the boss in your uh, employee, who you're going to fire already, okay? Who you're going to fire him, he started giving you know, discounts to what people owe you, what will you say? Wala lang. <laughs> you will what? Huh? What did you do? Why did you do that? That's my money. That's all yours. I'm just asking you to manage it. But this master, he commended the dishonest manager for what? For his shrewdness. Now, in the present day, it's kind of hard to put our finger to the word shrewd. Now, the word shrewd can actually mean so many things, but then in this usage, it's talking about sharp power of thinking. You know, it's, it's he commended him by saying, Wow, ah, kaling na naisip mo, ah. 
So this is a story of learning good lessons from a bad example. This is a lesson like that. You know, there, there are a lot of things to learn from, from bad experiences, right? You know, you can, you can look back and remember, oh yeah, I wouldn't do that because I remember I saw my cousin do that and he, he did not end up well, right? See, this is Jesus using a bad example to present a good lesson. And in fact, I want to say this, we copy the principle, not the practice. Okay, we, we don't do this to our bosses and expecting God to pat our back. Good job. You know, No. Okay. So he was using a bad example. It's like teaching from the example of uh, say a a a drug lord. See, look at this drug lord. He didn't study, but he was able to make the generals go around his fingers by paying them. Not exactly talking about the Philippines here. No. Stop. But then really, right? We have a lot to learn from bad examples. And this is that story. So what do we learn from this story? He further explains, for the sons of this world are more shrewd, mastuso, more witty, more um, advanced thinking than the sons of light, than the ones who follow me, than the ones who actually love me. You know? So Jesus saying, Three things in this story. You look at the shrewd manager and you have to be like him, but don't be like him. And this is why. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. How do we become shrewd, quote-unquote, but not become like him and understand why we're doing what we're doing? So when we look at the lesson out of this um, parable, I I can summarize it by saying this. And everybody read, go! Our possessions should serve their purpose, right? Yeah. Think about it right now. You know, if you own a car and you start you know, using your car for the purpose that it's not there, it's not going to be nice. You know? um, all things that God created which, you know, and all the things that we have has a purpose. And when we don't use it according to its purpose, we waste it. Or we destroy it. Just like that spoon. Can we plant a tree using a spoon? Well, yeah. But why? (laughs) Same is true with our possessions. Jesus is saying, you look at your possessions, look at what you have, and think about this. What's the purpose of it? Why do I have what I have? Now, when I talk about possessions, this parable uses the word money most of the time. Okay, but then I want to make it clear that this parable is not only talking about money. When I talk about possessions, we all have possessions, right? No? Yeah. We all have, um, for example, we all have money to some extent. Not much maybe for some. Some really. Humongous amount of money. All of us have talents, right? Ability. Some of us can um, sing well, like the music team we heard a while ago. Some of us are great speakers. Some of us great dancers. Um, some are artists like Bodhi, you know. <laughs> um, but really, we have talents. And all of us have time. That's a resource, right? That's a resource. We all have time. You know, one of the most interesting things I learned in life, we all have 24 hours a day. All of us. Nobody's exempted to that. Nobody has shorter. 23 hours lang ako. 
okay? Or longer, oh, I have 26 hours because I work better. No, all of us have the same resource of time. Now the question is, do our possessions serve His purpose? And let's look at this parable to just, just think about, think through this. Because if He's telling us that we have to be like this shrewd manager, what are the things that we can learn from here? So, when we look at this uh, in, in verse 9, and I tell you, make what? Friends. friends. Among you like making friends? Some don't. And some are more, you know, I like being with myself alone, you know. I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of what? Unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you internal dwellings. Now, I have to explain a little bit here because um, this is really interesting how Jesus used these words. See, Jesus commended the person, the shrewd manager, not because of what he did, but the principle, the mindset, okay? The mindset that he has. What did he do with the position that he has? He leveraged it so that tomorrow he has something to look forward to. He'll have a place to go to. Right? Now, Jesus is telling us, what do you have? I tell you, use that to make friends. For what sake? For eternity's sake. Jesus was trying to tell us about an interesting thought of a mind that is bent toward eternity. An understanding of eternity. Because, I, I, I like the words Jesus used. I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth. Now, unrighteous wealth there is referring to um, the, the, the example he used. But how many here you know money is not bad? Right? Money is not bad. Okay? If you think money is bad, just, just give it to someone that needs it. Okay? <laughs> but <laughs> we, we believe that money is not bad. But money is not exactly good as well. Okay? It's immoral. It's like a knife. A knife is not exactly good or bad. But give it to a bad person who does not know how to use it, that's bad. Give it to a two-year-old, that's bad. I'm not sure, but that's bad, I think. But give it to a chef who's going to cook you real good meals, that's good. See, money is the same thing. Okay? So he's, he's making a point by saying the unrighteous wealth or this worldly wealth so that when it fails, now I'd like you to think about that statement. Jesus says, when it fails. Not says, maybe it will fail. It will fail. Our possessions, our time, our talents, our treasures, our money, the things that we hold dear, eventually they will fail. If you don't believe me, think of your, the things that you have in a span of a thousand years. It will fail. Or even while we're alive, right? We hope that our money can save us Something, but then maybe not. Sometimes it fails. What will happen when it fails? When you are forward-looking, there's eternity. Because if we are to be like the shrewd manager, Jesus is telling us that our possessions should be used to build relationships for eternity's sake. Our possessions, the things that we have, our time, treasure, talents, 
should be used to build relationships for eternity's sake. I'd like to really put this into our minds uh, because I really believe Jesus was trying to tell them, your possessions have a value not only for yourself. Many times we work hard because we want to live a good life. And that's good. You know? Now, I'm not saying that you just work for other people's sake. Jesus knows that. That's a given. We all want to earn money, right? We all have to live a long life. We all want to have something. Possessions are important in this life. Because there's two extremes in viewing possessions. One extreme is to say, if you follow Jesus, you'll be rich. Jesus does not tell us that. Okay? Jesus tells us that if you follow Him, you'll be blessed. And then there's somehow a difference between being rich and being blessed, right? Kumongi here, you're rich. Kumongi here, you're blessed. Wow. I hope you realize that, right? Being blessed is realizing that God is with me. Now, the other extent of the road, when you say the wrong idea, is that to say, um, if, if I follow God, I need to be poor. That's a wrong mindset as well. Right? Because God wants you to live this life blessing people. Jesus said that, right? Make use of that wealth so that you may gain friends for what sake? For eternity's sake. Right? That's why you're blessed. Are you? That's the purpose. So you think about God if you've given me this much, the season is the 13-month season. ATM. <laughs> and I pray this. When you look at that bank account, when you look at that amount, you don't just think, how will this satisfy me? Because I tell you this, the Bible tells us, it will not satisfy us. But if we use our possession for its purpose, we bring glory to God. We build relationship. We bless people. Praise God. And I'm not even saying that our money should be given away always. I, I'd like to really be wise in understanding what Jesus is trying to say. He's trying to say, this money, your possession, your time, your talent, your treasure should be used to bless others. If you're here and, and you, you've been you know, a person following God for the, for the you know, past few weeks, past few days, it's somehow sure that somebody invited you to church, right? I remember the person who invited me to church. He did not invite me to church right away. He invited me for a cup of coffee. I'm a student and I like Starbucks. It's free. I like it better, right? <laughs> he used his money. His possession. He was a student so that he can make friends for eternity's sake. What do you have to build relationships? You know, maybe for some of you, you can still remember that moment. Yung, yung, the person who invited you, Tara, lunch tayo. A, a few moments later, you're going up here. This is not lunch. <laughs> this is. I don't know, but this is not lunch. But really, remember that? Now, for some of you, think about what are the things that you have that you can leverage your time, your effort to bless someone today so that that person would realize, wow, your God must be something. 
for you to sacrifice your time, for you to give away that much. Your God must be something. I look at this structure. Among you familiar with this structure? The Taj Mahal? The Taj Mahal is a, an edifice, wonderful, wonderful edifice. It looks so good. Um, it took over 10 years of work. Around 20,000 people worked on this. Around, uh, how much is this? Um, 827 US dollars in computation was used to build this. In million, 827 million dollars was used to build this thing. So great a structure. It was built by a man in memory of his dead wife. His wife that, who, that will give birth to his 14th child. That's his third wife. This much money, this much possession for that thing. Are we building only large tombs in our lives right now? Or are we advancing the kingdom of God through our possessions? Are we just building Taj Mahals? An edifice so great, so grand. But what is it for? <sighs> Do our possessions serve its purpose? We look further to this story and we see one who is faithful with very little is also faithful with much. So he uses contrasts. So very little and then you have much. So he compares it. If you are if you're a person who can be trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. And he continues the, the contrast. Um, if you are faithful in the unrighteous wealth, okay, the wealth of this world, you will also be faithful with true riches, which is eternal riches. If you have not been faithful to that that, that which is another's, the money that is not yours, how will you be faithful? To your own. Now, just, just to spend a little time in discussing this, um, Jesus starts comparing two things. And I believe in this line of reasoning, he's only comparing two things. One is the riches of this world and the riches of eternity. We have a rich God. Do you believe that? Thank God we have a rich God. You know? <laughs> If, if our God has a limit, you know, and you pray, Anak, sorry, wala pa ngayon. Hintayin na natin susunod na sahod. I thank God that my God is unlimited. Right? That when I pray to Him, I know, you know, I know that God can. But here, He contrasts. What you have here on earth is very little. What you'll have in the future is very much, in eternity. What you have here is unrighteous wealth. It will pass away. No matter how good looking you are right now, you know, I remember my grandfather telling me, you know, make the most of your life, my grandson. You'll lose your hair soon. <laughs> because things fade away, right? And this is what, what he's saying. The unrighteous wealth and the true wealth. That which is another's, you know, I'd like to think about this. Um, the things that we have right now, we're only stewards of it, right? When you look at things around you, God owns everything. <laughs> I remember this illustration. Um, if I give you a thousand pesos and I ask for a hundred, will you give me? No? Grabe naman kayo. I give you a thousand and I ask for a hundred pesos from that thousand. Will you give me? 
Yeah, because you know, that, that's mine anyway. If I ask 200 pesos from that, will you give me? Yeah, maybe. If I ask half of it, 500 na lang tayo, will you give me? I think so. That's mine anyway. You see, when you look at all our possessions, it's God's. So, if we think about it, we are to use our possessions for His purpose. Some people have become so trapped with our possessions that we are the ones being controlled by it. When you look at this um, part of the scripture, you'll see repeatedly, Jesus used the word faithful. Because what I come to realize is that our possessions is a great indicator of our faithfulness. It's a great indicator. It, It shows a lot. It shows us where our faith is. The way we use the possessions. The way we use our time. Look at your schedule. How much do you spend time in Facebook? Or Twitter? Or IG? Some of us spend time in the gym. Wow. Some of us spend time eating. Spending time with friends, with family. The way we use our possessions is a great testament to our faith, to our life. I would even liken it to a, a, a dashboard gauge. One of that would be possessions. The way we use our possessions would show us, oh, your faith is growing. Oh, your faith is not growing. Your faith is in money. Your faith is in God. Because the way we use our possessions should reflect our faithfulness. The way we use, the things that we have, be it money, time, or talents, it reflects where our faith is. It reflects how much faithful we are. When, when Jesus talked about if you've been faithful with small, you've been, it's not talking about money only. It's about talking where is your faith. Money is a great magnifier. It does, you know, some people say money can change people. In fact, I, I realize it's not exactly that. Money just magnifies who people really are. Right? You give a hundred million to a, a generous man and that man becomes a philanthropist. Right? I have now more money to help people because he was generous in the first place. You give a you give hundred million to, uh, to a drug addict and that person becomes a drug lord. It only reveals who he is. Maybe not, but you know, you realize this. Money reveals. Money magnifies. When you look at your, your, your budgeting, it magnifies. That's why it's important that we realize that the way we use our possessions reflect our faithfulness. And we continue reading, no servant can serve two masters. And explains why. So first he explains, you should be like the shrewd man. Why? Because he thinks about his future. He leverages what he has to to make friends, to win people. He, You should not be like the shrewd manager because um, this manager has no faith. You know, you should be faithful. And he explains why in the next verses. No servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other he will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve 
God, and money. It's interesting that he uses the word cannot, not should not. Okay? Cannot. You cannot. You cannot do it. Okay? There's, there's no ability in human to serve two masters, God and money. Um, here, the word money is personified. It's like it's created as a person, you know, because uh, Jesus uses this word to make sense that people actually worship money. Cannot. Because there's this thug of war that happens between the possessions that we have and the worship that we have for God at times. We cannot serve both God and money. And no matter how hard we try to do this balancing act, no, you know. Because the fact is, our possessions, third point, should serve God, not the other way around. We don't serve God to get what we want. We use what we have to serve God. When we look at this parable, when Jesus explains it, He is saying, look at the things that you have. Is it becoming your God? Is it becoming the joy of your life? Christmas season is a great season. I love it. Because we celebrate the one true God who came here on earth. But one of the many things that is challenging for us people of today is that we can be so amiss with all the advertisement of things, right? New phones will come out. New sale would come out. Buy one, take two. All those things. And a lot of times, we miss the point. We become slaves of our possessions. We become chained to these possessions. That when we lose these things, our life starts to crumble. As I've said a while ago, I'm not saying don't enjoy what you have. I believe that God wants you to work excellently. God wants us to work excellently so that we may actually gain and enjoy this life and bless others as well. What's the purpose? To glorify God. We are called to break away from the chains of our possessions. We are to live freely from the things that hold us back. If our possessions would serve its purpose, our possessions would serve God's purpose. If all the things that we have, our time, our money, the things that we own, would serve God's purpose, we're not going to waste it. We're going to use it. We're going to maximize it. You think about the things that you have right now. Maybe it's, it's a spare something that you, ha- you haven't been using. You know, and you just maybe realize, oh, this guy needs it, or this woman needs it. Maybe I can bless him and invite him to church. Think about the time that you can actually spend just talking to someone and having that someone come on. You wanna you wanna eat something and maybe we can go to church later? Are we using what God has given us to serve his purpose? We look back at this narrative and we see that when we don't use things according to its purpose, we're wasting it. Same is true with our life. If we do not live our lives 
according to the purpose God has given it. We're wasting it. The Bible tells us that we're all wasting away. We're all dying. Slowly, but surely. (laughs) We're going to meet our end in this earth. Does our life live up to its purpose? Does our possession point to the ultimate treasure, which is Christ? We look at this story and he mentions several things that God should be our master. Jesus should be our master. And he talks about a true treasure. And I believe that is Christ. Our true master and true treasure is Jesus Christ. And this is why if you're here and you believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is what it means for you. Whether you have things or not, you can still glorify God. Whether your 13-month pay comes in and you're so, wow, or wala pa nga parating, may, pang, may gagastusan ka na, I can still glorify God. When you look at the things that you have and you say, wow, I have so much I can give away, we can glorify God. When we look at the things that we don't have and we realize, oh no, how will I do this? We can still glorify God. Why? Because our joy, our true treasure, is not on our possessions. It is on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So if you're, you're here and you know, I keep on saying, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, believe God is Jesus Christ your Savior. If you're here and you do not realize this, I hope you take this away. Your life has a purpose. God did not create you out of a vacuum. Okay? God did not just call you out of something. Okay, you just live your life. You have a purpose. Are you living up to it? Or are you just wasting away? Building a big mausoleum to yourself that does not make sense eventually. I'll go back to the verse that we had a while ago. What does it profit a man? This is Jesus talking about um, sacrificing our lives to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul. You think of your lifetime and you still have things that you need and you want to do. But what Do those things mean if our soul will just, we will forfeit it? I remember a story of a parent. I used to work as a guidance counselor, believe it or not. (laughs) Most parents think I'm a student as well. (laughs) So I was in the guidance office of the preschool department. I read the preschool department guidance office in that school. Because um, I, 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 I'm okay dealing with the college, with the high school, with the elementary a little bit. But with children, it's so hard. You know? So this parent came in and handed off his um, four-year-old, five-year-old child to me and said, Teacher, can you be with my child? I'll, just, I'll be back. You know? And just dash off the room. The, the kid was crying. You know? And of course me, I don't know what to do. You know? So I, I took the toys out of the bin and I said, Ooh, play! And the, the kids started enjoying, stopped crying, right? You know, kids, you know, start playing. And then you're just enjoying our time, conversation. 
you know what? When the dad came back, the things that he was enjoying, he just threw it away. He ran back to his father. All these things that seemed to make him happy when, when he saw his dad, he knew there's greater value. He knew there's, no, 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 these toys are fun, but my dad, that's my dad. He runs to his dad. This life offers us toys. There's a lot of toys to distract us. There's a lot of things that would take our attention. But would we, when our Father comes to our heart, just throw all things away and realize this is greater? This, is, this, this dad of mine, I'll run to him. I'll hug him. The world offers us a lot of toys. Will we not be distracted? We look at this cross and the light of God's loving grace. When we compare it to the riches of this world, all things in this world just goes dull because the light of God's grace just shines so bright. The fullness of our joy is in your Christ. Everything else just follows it. Jesus Christ, our master and our treasure, gave us purpose. Our possessions, as I come to an end, our possessions should serve God's purpose because Christ is our ultimate master and treasure. He's not only our master, He's not only just telling us what to do, He's our ultimate treasure. He can, we can hold on to Him and we'll have full joy. And if you're here right now, and there are things in your life that you just feel, Lord, why is this not happening? Why are things not going my way? Let me comfort you with this. Jesus is your treasure. If you're here and you're okay, you're fine, you're more than happy, I pray that Jesus is your treasure. May, may I invite everyone to bow down their heads. Father, we come to you and we ask, Lord God, that you just touch our lives once more. Use our lives, Lord God, for its purpose. Lose our possessions, Lord God, for your purpose. Father, some of us are asking the question of purpose. We don't know what will happen in this life. We don't know our purpose. But it is Jesus Christ that gives us purpose. We are sinners bound to hell. But it is God that opens us His door through Jesus Christ so that we can be saved. So if you're here right now and you're saying for the first time, I need this Jesus. I need this true master and true treasure in my life. Why don't you raise your hand? If you're here and you're saying, God, I need you in my life as my true treasure and true master,
Raise your hand. Without shame, without anybody looking around, just raise your hand. God sees your heart. Thank you very much for those who raised their hands. May I invite everyone to stand as we pray this prayer. Why don't we all pray this prayer? Father, thank you because you've sent Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We accept you, God, as our Lord and Savior in our lives. Forgive us of our sins. Lord, teach us to live in a way that you would want us to. Thank you, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Jesus died so that our life would have a purpose. When you don't use this life for His purpose, you'd waste it. And when we live our lives to His purpose, we can give Him praises. We can shout our songs. We can always clap our hands knowing that this is the God that we serve. Let's lift our hand to this God. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, O God, that you don't miss a thing. You know all details of our lives. Lord God, those who need healing, O God, I pray that you would heal them. Those who need things, Lord God, to happen in their lives, for stones to turn, Lord, I pray you turn them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that hearts that are broken would be mended. And Lord, those who are lost, In this world's distraction, I pray you give them light and teach them how to live their lives. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn to you and grant you peace. Thank you, O God. We will be going out there and we will become a blessing to the world because you are our God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God.